We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was not good, Ron. That was not good. I suppose the only good news is that you made... um, NFL Game Day? What, what, what's the name of the show? Uh, what's the name of the show on NFL Network? Good Tell Morning me. Football? Good Morning Football, Ron. You made the show today. I did. With your Tomlin column. And we're going to play that in a little while here. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers to my left. Ron Cook standing across from me, and it's that dreaded postmortem that seems to come way too early for the Steelers. Every year. Every single year. Ron, your first thought from that one, and I'm just going to open the phone lines. The big story, of course, is now Mike Tomlin's future. Uh, He had a walk-off news conference yesterday, which was interesting. But your general thought, your storyline, your headline from the game is what? They're just not close to being a legitimate Super Bowl team. Uh, this This five playoff games in a row now where they, you know, in most of them fall behind way early and then can't dig out. Um, they're just not prepared for playoff football, and they don't have a quarterback. That, mm. that, to me, is the bottom line. You wrote a great column on that today. You know, what do they have without a quarterback? And they're getting older. Cam's older now. T.J. Watt's older. They're just not close, in my opinion. That's why I think they need a change. They need to shake it up a little bit. If they're talking about firing McCarthy in Dallas, Sirianni in Philly, They've already moved on from Belichick in New England. I mean, this is seven years without a playoff win. What, 13 seasons with three playoff wins? It's just not good enough. It just isn't good enough. Yeah, that's the story for me as well, Ron. That's the story here, and, and it's, it's stunning in a way. And I mean this as factual rather than insulting, although I suppose it could be construed and will be construed as both. But the Pittsburgh Steelers have really, in the NFL, become a pitiable afterthought right now. I was watching Phil Simms on the post game. They're ready to move on to the real teams and the real games. They were already Cower, all those guys, Boomer, Phil Simms. The, the, the whole set was ready to move on to Kansas City, Buffalo. Let's get to real teams with real quarterbacks who win in the playoffs. Come on, let's go. And then Phil Simms interjects, oh, just a word about the Steelers. They tried hard is essentially what he said. And that's what I mean. They're, 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 they're the guy whose girlfriend just broke with, up with him, Ron. And, and he's out with his buddies and everyone's giving him false compliments about how good he looks, about how it was her fault, about all that stuff. Speaking from recent experience, they're the mediocre golfer in a foursome where everybody's telling you, nice shot. No, it wasn't. I, I, I was 50 yards from the green, and I put it in the rough to the right of the green. It was actually a mediocre to bad shot. I don't need your false compliments. And, and unbelievably and sadly, and for some people, a lot of people who don't even realize it, it, it it's actually like living in, in some nether world, some, some other, other world. It's just unbelievable that the Pittsburgh Steelers have become a pitiable afterthought that never come up in a Super Bowl conversation anymore, that never win a playoff game anymore. And get killed in the playoff game. That when they do get there, they give up 30-plus, 40-plus, and get absolutely crushed. And they're, they, that, That's basically what that game was yesterday. And finally, they're the NFL team that Phil Simms feels compelled to compliment for two seconds while everybody in the world is getting ready for next week's games. It's just, it's it's a really, really well, you know, sad You mentioned state. NFL quarterbacks, analysts. I, I don't know if you happened to see the pregame show on CBS yesterday, Boomer or Siason. Everyone else, Tomlin, I'm going to, uh, not Tomlin, Cower, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah. 13, 12. Everyone else picked the Bills fairly close. 
and, and Asiasen comes on. He goes, come on, guys. They're playing with the third-string quarterback. They're going to get killed. He said it was like 27 to 6 or something yeah. like that. And he was right. I mean, Josh Allen was so, you know, such an edge at that position uh, for the Bills. Uh, you might have heard he's pretty good. He, he's he's, a, he's, pretty, okay. he's yeah. a pretty good player. But I, I, I laughed at Esiason just basically saying Steelers are going to get killed. They don't have a quarterback, and it's true. And it's, they're not a very good team. They couldn't run the ball last night. I know falling behind hurts that, but they couldn't even run it before then. Uh, they're just – they are what they are. They're just a mediocre, average-type team. Uh, you know, what do you always say? Stuck in the messy middle, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and that's what it is. And and it it can be fun. I mean, the, the, the last weekends of seasons are fun. They are because the Steelers are always on the bubble. We got, we got Ben's uh, victory lap his retirement lap a couple of years ago. We got Kenny Pickett with some dramatic late game wins. We got the year of Duck Hodges. And this year we got the miracle of Mason Rudolph. You know what we don't get though, ever? A playoff win. Or somebody saying, hey, Steelers, they're in the Super Bowl conversation. I can tell you right now that they're over under next year will probably be eight and a half wins. And I agree with you about Tomlin. And it doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be. And hopefully it'll come from him, first of all. But if it doesn't, it, it needs to be a, a parting of the ways. I don't know if that would be in the form of a trade or something where where the idea, and they say this all the time in sports, but here I think it would be true, where both sides have to believe it's the best thing. I don't know what Art Rooney's justification is anymore, Ron. He was on with us the year of the Jacksonville debacle. While the Steelers were still winning playoff games at that point, but 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 I think one of us asked, I, I asked him, I asked him, is this season acceptable to you? You guys just gave up 45 points in a home playoff game. And his answer to me was, Joe, we won 13 games. Fair. Last year, to, to fast forward to last year, his justification on Tomlin was, we got better and the quarterback made progress. So what is it this year? Right. Like, like he has to be, they're not winning 12, 13 games anymore. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have one. So, so and, where, is he running out of justifications for the head coach? And, you know, this is, I'm certainly not saying Tomlin is a head, bad head coach. If I was another team, I'd be looking to hire him. Uh, I just think it's time. He needs a change. They need a change. The Steelers need a change. Uh, and it's time. Um, and, I would expect him to go somewhere and be very successful, and that's fine. If he has and a quarterback. If he has a quarterback. And maybe the next guy they bring in here would be as, you know, also successful. They've only had three since 1969. Right. But, you know, I'm writing about this for tomorrow. I mean, how attractive is this job right now? Mm. It's attractive in a way because you know you have stability with the owners, right? They're not going to, you know, like Nick Sirianni. How long has he been in Philly? Three years, four years, three years, and they're talking. He went to the Super Bowl last year, and they're he, talking about firing him because their team collapsed down the stretch this year. You know that's not going to happen here. They're very patient with their coaches. You know you're going to get a fair shake here, but the team isn't very good, and it it starts with not having a quarterback. Right, all of that. Right, I agree with every syllable you just said. I mean, Nick Sirianni is the only coach in Philadelphia Eagles history, I believe who went to a Super Bowl in his second year and has now gone to the playoffs three straight years. Three straight years. But the Eagles operate under a different model. You know, they had Andy Reid for many years. They went to conference championships, four of them. Didn't get over the hump. They moved on to Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly went 20-12 and 12 in his first two years. 20-12. and 12. Then he had a seven, in the middle of a seven and nine season, not good enough. Bring in Doug Peterson. Win a Super Bowl in year two, goes to the playoffs, playoffs. His first year out of the playoffs, gone. They bring in Nick Sirianni. They're in the Super Bowl again in their second year. You know, this, this, this idea of living in your fears with, oh my God, who's the next coach going to be? I don't know. Maybe a guy who will win a playoff game in the next seven years. And as I've said a million times here, Ron, Mike Tomlin has been an unbelievable representative for the city. He's done a lot of winning in a league where it's not easy to win. He came in here into a tough situation because tough 
I mean, a good situation roster-wise. Tough in terms of people really didn't want him here. And I'm talking about the players in the locker room. Remember the Alan Fanica situation, all of that? Right. He corralled all of that, went to the playoffs, won a Super Bowl, got back to a Super Bowl. His first four years were A-plus stuff. Since then, it's been C stuff. You know, and and you have to ask, is that good enough? Seven years without a playoff win, what's your cutoff out there? Eight, 10, 13? And not even losing heartbreakers. I mean, just getting killed in those playoff right. games. Lopsided games. I, You know, I, I went back and looked, you know, the, the, the Jacksonville game, they lost by three points, but I think they were down 21 to nothing. Cleveland, they lost by 11, but they were down 28 to nothing. Right. Uh, they're just not even close. Well, somebody had a number. I think Alex Kazora, maybe from Steeler Depot. 122 points in the first half they've given up in those five games. I think in the first quarter, Ron, the cumulative score from those playoff losses is 66 to nothing. Let me check on that. Terrible. 66 to nothing. And I thought Kyle Brandt was excellent on Tomlinay. But anyway, back to Tomlin. Yeah, he's done winning. A lot of winning. But as I've also said a million times on this show, seven years is a, is, is a coaching lifetime. Vince Lombardi coached 10 years in the league. Bill Walsh, 10 years. Brian Billick, less than that. Jimmy Johnson, right around there. This dude has gone a coaching lifetime without winning a playoff game or being really competitive in one. And, you know, yesterday, did you feel like it was over after the opening drive? Yeah. It just like happened with Dallas, right? I, um, you know, Green Bay went right down the field. First possession for Buffalo, eight plays, 80 yards, touchdown. And it just felt like it was over. He, I know, you know, and then all of a sudden it's 14 nothing. Pickens fumbles, 21 nothing. Uh, uh, you know, Mason throws an interception, and it was over. Even though they came within a touchdown at one point, it was just too much of a hole to climb. Out I think of. It, it got to be a little bit of a nail-biting situation because of the Bills' history for people there. It right. was definitely, but but I had the feeling that if whatever Josh Allen needed to do to secure that victory, he was going to do it, and then he promptly takes them down the field, and then uh, you know they're lucky the score wasn't worse. By the way, the right. guy missed a twenty-seven-yard field right. goal. Right? Did you see that? Absolutely. You know, and now we get a dream matchup of quarterbacks in the next round, right? Two of them, actually. Mahomes and Allen. This time it's in Buffalo. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And Jackson and Stroud. Yep. And the Steelers feel like they're a million miles from there. They're one weekend from there and, That's a, what mil- I, and a million miles. I love Cam. I mean, I, he's one of my all-time favorite people. You talk about a good human being. He is. But to listen to him up there, hey, we got guys in that locker room. We're, this is a strong group that can win the Super Bowl. My question to him was, how about winning a playoff game first? And they can't. They just can't. Sean, do we have uh, – this leads us to what we make of the Tomlin walk-off at the end of the press conference yesterday. Do you have that, Sean Myers? Now, I'll preface this by saying that uh, this is Brooke Pryor from ESPN, who I think is very good at what she does. We've had her on this show before. Tomlin clearly does not like her. She has entered the the Mount Rushmore of most disliked Tomlin media personalities, one that includes the, um, who does it include? Jury Rand is the guy I was thinking of. Jury Rand. Benzie's probably on Tim Benz, David Todd, David Todd, Aditi, All right. and Brooke. So I would say, Ron, that maybe Brooke Pryor has replaced our friend Benzie. It seems like the, the Benzie vitriol, or at least... Yeah, hatred, obvious hatred of Benzie, and, and lack of has, respect too. Has, I mean, I has think that's gone a away a little bit. I, there's no doubt. And I think Brooke Pryor has stepped into that place. And I look. How did you look at it? I'll ask you first. The walk off. Walk off. She's in the middle of a question. You yeah. want to listen to it first? Uh, yeah. I mean, I go ahead. Play it for people who didn't. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. And he stormed off. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. She was obviously going to follow with. Something like well, you know, you're planning on coming back because it's been nationally reported yeah. by three different people that you're thinking of leaving. You know, I thought it was a real bad look for him. I get it that he didn't like the question, but I mean, I assume Sirianni was asked it. Mike McCarthy was asked it. There's a lot of things you can say there, like, "Hey, guys, we just lost a game. I'm not thinking about me right now. I'm thinking about the guys in that locker room. We didn't get the result we wanted." To walk off like that. 
I thought was a bad look on his part, and maybe he didn't want to lie, and, you know, maybe he is thinking of walking away. I don't know. Well, I thought it was a bad look. That's what I just said. Me too. Yeah, I thought it was. And we're going to hear these other coaches get asked, why why is Mike Tomlin above being asked that? I, I don't understand it. And we could argue all day, and I know a lot of people on social media were like, that's not the time to ask that question. Every single athlete and every single coach whose future is even slightly in doubt gets asked about that after the last game of the season, How about, period. you know, last period. night, how about Mason Rudolph? Mason, do you want to come back? you right. think he can come back? He ha- answered it very capably. Cam, uh, could this have been your last game? Do you think you're coming back? Of course they're asked that. Right. And, again, there's ways you can ask it, and, and I, you know, I'm sure – uh, you know, I know McCarthy said, hey, we just lost a playoff game. I'm not thinking of me. You know, there are ways to do that without – you don't have to ask a qu- answer the question, uh, but you don't have to stomp off like that. Yeah, it was just why? Why is he above it? Everybody's got to answer that crap after a game. So let's hear Mike – we have Mike McCarthy. This is Mike this McCarthy. This is what I heard yesterday. Mike, Tim Kalashaw, Dallas Morning News. Jerry had said we'll take it game by game regarding your job status. Do you think this could lead to a coaching change? Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're we're disappointed. Um, I got a whole whole team in the in the locker room that's that's hurting, and uh, that's you know, I, I haven't thought past you know the outcome of this game. Was there a point in the see? That's, that's the way it. you answer. Yeah, right. That, that's just what Mike Tomlin could have said too. That's that's uh that's just the way to do it. And I was listening to Sirianni said the same thing. Like right. I'm not. He said I'm not thinking about that. I'm right not now. the story right now. It's not guys in the me. locker room that gave me everything and came up short. It reminded me of when Tomlin was asked about the USC, and I think LSU jobs. Remember the Ryan the Clark never story? Never say never, but never. And he became irate. Really, there's not a booster with a big enough blank check. He said, "Why don't you know? Basically, why don't you anybody asking Sean Payton about that? Andy Reid." And as our friend Benzie looked up, yeah, they did ask Sean Payton about that. They did ask Andy Reid about that. They did ask Bill Cowher about that in that very same room. Would you be interested in going to NC State? It, it, it was never an insult to Tomlin or anyone else to ask about that uh, because you'd be getting a pay raise probably. So I don't know. That was I, the never say never but never quote. Right, right exactly. Well, maybe never could could come along here. Uh, you know, it was it was never an insult either, unless you're insulted by someone saying, "Hey, would you leave for a job that pays you even more millions than you're making now?" So, as it turned out, all those other guys have been asked about it, college jobs at one point or another, including Cower. Was that last question was that going to be the final question of the press conference when he left yesterday? Uh, I don't know. Because if mean, not, Bird had, why don't you Bird just had, say next Bird had, question? Bird had said, uh, you know, any more, and then she he clearly heard it. And, oh yeah, and walked off. There's no doubt. Um, now, I, you know, maybe somebody would have followed up something with something else. I don't know. Yeah, it happens that Bert will, you know, pipe in and say anybody else, and it could go on for a while. There could be four more questions after that. I was just curious as yeah. to why he wouldn't just say next question if he didn't want to answer it altogether. Right, exactly. Because he was in, he, he felt like, I don't know what he felt like, like he was somehow maybe above he, it maybe or insulted he, maybe by the he question. Maybe knows this is it. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking, maybe. But, you know, that's just part of the job, quite frankly. Everybody else has to answer it. Every player, every coach, when their job situation is being talked about in doubt, you see it, and it's uncomfortable. And that's a different conversation. How appropriate How appropriate do you think the question is in that setting? Uh, I think it was appropriate. I do. It's the last time you're going to see him. Well, I guess he'll supposedly talk this week. Right. I, again, you ask the question, and, he, and it's up to him to be a pro and answer it. Or not answer it, but not stomp off. Having been in those situations, I would agree. It's an appropriate question. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, you know, it, 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 it's name, name Coach K or, or, or Steph Curry or somebody like that. If it was rumored that Steph Curry was wanted to leave or wanted to right. just get out of it, he's going to be asked that after the final game. And he's probably going to say, uh, the game just ended 10 minutes ago. I'm not thinking about that right. yet. It's and a that's very fair. easy and answer. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair answer. Right. But, I mean, Tomlin knows what's out there. His buddy uh, Glazer said maybe he's leaving. 
Uh, who else? Uh, Adam Schefter. Right. And then Florio the other day just said he's going to take time with his family to see if he wants to continue coaching. Right. Plus he so never you, wins a playoff you've game. You've got to ask the question. And again, it's up to him to be a pro and answer sure. or not answer it the way he wants. Yeah. I mean, if the rest of the question was something along the lines of, is, is this where you want to be? He could have emphatically. He could have waited and emphatically said, this is absolutely the place I want and to I be. And I will be back. The place I'm going to be and the place where we're going to get it done. Right. Something to that effect. Or, you know what? We just lost a playoff game. I'm not going to answer that right now. Very simple. I don't know why he's the guy who feels like he doesn't have to answer to that. Then again, maybe he's been empowered by this organization to believe he really doesn't have to answer for anything because he's always known he was going to come back no matter what. I don't feel that way now. I don't feel that way. Do you? I, th- act, I think there's what? a. I think there's a real chance that he won't be back on his but, volition or theirs. Uh, maybe a combination of, but I think it would be number one him. Okay, well that's different though. Right. So he still doesn't have to necessarily answer for his performance because it won't be Art coming to him and saying we want to move on. See again, this could be like the Canada situation. Or maybe Art goes to him and says, "Mike, hey." What are you thinking? You know, maybe it's time. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Hey, and I also would expect. To me, you either want your coach back or you don't, though. But out of 17 years and respect for him, you know, they let Ben come back for the extra year out of respect for him. I think there would at least be conversation. Um, Now, uh, 17 years is a long time. And maybe, you know, we had Billy Gaughan who said, Bill Walsh said 10 years is too long. Yeah. So I just think there's a chance one way or the other that he won't be back next year. But I do expect this to be resolved this week. I don't I don't think they're going to let this drag on. They're either going to give him an extension and he comes back or he announces that he's kind of have to or, yeah, or because not everything else. You got to hire a coordinator. Well, or, maybe they don't say anything. Maybe it's just Steelers business as usual. He's got a year left on his deal. He comes, does his news conference. But I don't know that you can go out and hire an offensive coordinator without letting people know what your head coaching status is. Head coach. You have to know them publicly in a news conference? Eh, maybe not. It wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers operated very Steeler-like. Of course, he's our coach. He's doing the news conference. He's coming back next year. He'll get an extension now, I guess this offseason. I think Art, if I had to bet, I think Art wants him back and will want to sign him to an extension. I think he he should talk either Wednesday or Thursday this week, Tomlin. Yeah. be interesting to see how that goes. You agree? I think you put in your column today that you expect him to get signed to an extension. Correct? I do. I do. So do I. I do. Which indicates to me that Art wants him back. Right. Yep. So I think we both feel that way. That uh, and, and again, that goes back to he really ha- never really has to answer for anything. And a lot of people don't feel like he should have to answer for anything. They're always in it. How dare you question Mike Tomlin? 17 consecutive losing seasons. Do I have that number right? Sean, don't call me Seth. 17. I heard Lewis Riddick on uh, ESPN this morning saying, you know, the noise out of Pittsburgh is ridiculous. You got a great coach there. Never had a losing season. You know, I mean, that was his perspective. Man. That greatest hit line gets rolled over and over again. At the end of the game, it was um, it was Jim Nance and Tony Romo. It was Romo playing the great national media's greatest hit. He's never had a losing season. Really? I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> then Nance steps in and said, and how about the job he did this year? Right. And Romo said, coach of the year level stuff. I did hear that last coach night. Coach of the year level stuff in that division. And I thought... Hmm. They they finished the season ten and eight. They finished six and three at one point. They finished third in that division behind uh, one of the teams that used four quarterbacks this season and beat them with DTR. And then they got hammered in a playoff game again. So where exactly is the coach of the year level stuff? The team they played yesterday is dealing with catastrophic injuries left and right. They've lost seven regulars and, and off their guys defense. That Bernard was having a hell of a game yesterday, and he was a replacement for. Milano, who's their T.J. Watt, who was lost long ago. You know, everybody's got him. Up next, you at 412-928-9370, 928-9370. And Ron making good morning football with a mention today. And Kyle Brandt's take on Tomlin. <clears throat> I just want to stand up and applaud. Let's talk about this coming up. It's off the top fan hotline. 
Presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. So we're going to line up the calls. We're going to get to Ron on Good Morning Football. But, of course, we have Peter King. He's in the on-deck circle here, and we'll have him next on everything regarding the Steelers and NFL as we head into the divisional round. It's 1028, time to stop blindly paying those increasing home and auto insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. FanDuel, here's what they can do for you. Make you a winner. Comes to the NFL playoffs, you got to win one game at a time. But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. Listen, this weekend, I expect Allen and Mahomes to have an absolute shootout. I really do. It's happened before. I think it'll happen again. But you make the choice here. FanDuel giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay every day there's a playoff game. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back. If your SGP doesn't win, just visit FanDuel.com slash Starkey if you don't already have an account. 21 plus present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go out to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years, where we find Odyssey NFL insider Peter King, our regular Tuesday guest. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Peter, thanks for joining us again here. Let me read to you from my colleague Ron Cook's column today in the Post-Gazette. Under the headline, it's time Mike Tomlin needs to leave the Steelers. Ron writes that the Steelers would be better off without Tomlin, and he'll be better off without them. He points out they haven't won a playoff game in now seven years, which is a coaching lifetime, and they've allowed in the when they get in, they've allowed 31, 42, 48, 45, and 36 points in those losses. So my question is do you agree that it's best for both parties? And part two, do you actually think this could happen? Well, the first thing I would like to know about that is how does Mike Tomlin feel about it? That's one thing we just don't know. When he walked off the podium yesterday, all he did was fuel the stories, fuel the thought that he really is going to go. And I think Art Rooney, I still think despite all the noise and despite how this season ended. And, and honestly, let's, let's, let's answer this question honestly. If you had been told that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to enter a playoff game with Mason Rudolph playing and the score of the game in the second, midway through the second half was going to be 24 to 17, you were behind. Wouldn't you say that that's a little bit better than you thought going in? If at any point in the second half of the season you were told that. And so to me, I think, do I think it could happen? Absolutely. If you're Mike Tomlin, you have to be thinking, this is just never going to end. Unless, you know, we really make a strong playoff run, this isn't going to end. Regular season winning is not enough. And I think he understands that. And 
Do I think it could happen? Absolutely. Do I have any inf inside information that it will happen? No, not not a, not anything. But it just seems the noise and the buildup of the noise over the last few weeks is uh, it's it's hard not to hear that. And if you're Mike Tomlin, I think you have to be asking yourself, even if I could continue as the coach of this team, do I want to? All right, Peter, let me ask you about the noise that you're talking about the last few weeks. Is it unfair to th ask those questions at Tomlin when in Dallas they're talking about Mike McCarthy being out after three 12 and five seasons in a row? They moved on from Belichick in New England despite six Super Bowls, and now they're talking about Sirianni being fired after just leading the team to the Super Bowl last season. Why don't we ask treat Tomlin the same way? You can, and you do. It's not – I don't blame you for asking the question. I don't blame you for opining that it's time at all because I understand in the NFL you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And all those other places, I think you could argue that the difference in all those other places is – you know, a year ago at this time, we're talking about Jalen Hurts as a top five quarterback. Jalen Hurts was awful the last month or so. Why is that? He's got an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have had three consecutive playoff exits that can be best described as humiliating for the organization. So, Ron... The whole thing is, it's it's at the it's at the feet of Art Rooney, and if it isn't good enough, and the Steelers have basically spent most of their existence tuning out the outside noise, and basically saying this is the way we're going to operate our team, and if you don't like it, that's tough. And so now we'll see if either Mike Tomlin has had enough or if Art Rooney does indeed listen to the outside noise, even if he does want to bring Mike Tomlin back. Peter King on the fan hotline. Peter, it, it seems to me that the Steelers have become a team of low expectations. Every year their over-under is around eight and a half. Every year they're on the bubble. And it seems that all they need to do is meet or exceed their already low expectations. And, and for a lot of people, their season is deemed a success. But I'm inside the bubble. And I'm curious from you, as one of the most prominent national media members out there, how do you view the state of this franchise right now? I view it like they just won 10 games with a bad quarterback situation. So that's why I look at this a little bit different than people inside the bubble would probably look at it. In that I don't view the season as some overwhelming success. But it's just like in Tennessee, and this is really kind of a different story, but not altogether different. I am shocked that the Tennessee Titans fired Mike Graber. It makes no sense to me that a coach with a bad quarterback situation, but not as bad as Pittsburgh, with a coach with a bad quarterback situation gets his team up to play teams that I think are better than they are in meaningless games, and they win the game like they did at the end of the year against Jacksonville. So I think it's an accomplishment with this team this year, especially being in free fall crisis after losing in the span of five days to Arizona and New England, two bad teams at home, that they recovered. And I understand why for most people in Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. We're tired of it. So I see it. I get it. 
But the whole issue is going to be, what does Art think? And does Mike Tomlin want to continue in this atmosphere of negativity? And and look, and I'm not saying they absolutely unequivocally are, you know, are the, that they're on the right track. I think, as we've talked about on this show, that if Tomlin does return, he has to go and find a Shanahan slash McVay acolyte or some really smart young quarterback coach somewhere in the NFL. And I think he's got to say, here's the offense. I'm keeping my fingerprints off it. Run it. And that's one of the things that if he does come back, I think he has to do. Will he do it? I don't know. But those are all questions that really will be answered after uh, either Tomlin determines he's coming back or Arguini determines whether he is coming back. Peter, let me ask you this. Forget on the field stuff. How about off the field stuff? I think we think that Tomlin has the final say on the personnel uh, in that building, and you talk about the bad quarterback situation. Pickett was his guy, number one, and I'm starting to think it was a really bad mistake to tr- uh, draft him, number one. He put together signing Mitch Trubisky. Uh, is it fair? And, 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 and then uh, as far as hiring coaches, he hired Matt Canada, and he doubled down on Matt Canada. And now the feeling here is, well, we don't know if Pickett can be any good because he was stuck with ha- uh, Matt Canada. How fair is that criticism of Tomlin? Very fair. And that's why I think if he does come back, he has to be uh, – he has to have the presence of mind enough to understand and to realize that what he has done on offense hasn't worked. And long-term, they have to have a new voice and a new architect in their offense. It's very, very simple. I don't, I don't know how anybody could dispute that. And that's why I say that if he does come back, he had better think of, and look, from going to the scouting combine over the years, I can tell you, Mike Tomlin has great respect for some of the great young offensive minds like Shannon and McVay. He needs to get one of their guys, like a Jake Pete, the, the passing game guru right now, whether McVay or, or, or uh, one of the guys that works for Shanahan. He's got to go outside the box right now, and he's got to get modern. And I don't know if Pickett is the guy. I don't think anybody knows if Pickett is the guy. It looks like he might not be. But I would be hesitant to look at the performance of a quarterback in a, in a mediocre offensive system. I would not be thinking that I could make some final judgment uh, on a quarterback based on being coached the way he's been coached in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I guess that's where the question arises sort of about the state of the franchise, Peter, is that you look around the AFC and in their division, you see Lamar Jackson, you see Joe Burrow, then you see Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, C.J. Stroud, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Where are they going? Like, where's the hope at quarterback? I guess what you're saying, to bring in in a fresh offensive mind, but man, these defensive guys are getting a year older all the time. Would you be tempted if you're the Steelers to at least look for legit competition for Kenny Pickett? And do you think Mason Rudolph could be that if he were to come back here? I think it would be a big mistake to go to a trove in late July with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph as your two options at quarterback. I don't, I just don't think it's smart. Whether it be picking the fifth quarterback, best quarterback in the draft, and bringing him in and having competition, whether it be bringing in Russell Wilson uh, to compete for the job and probably win the job, they, they've got to upgrade a quarter, not only a quarterback coach and, and the quarterback system, I think they've got to upgrade at the position as well. 
Peter, uh, Josh Allen, obviously a difference maker. We got Kansas City and Buffalo coming up this week. You've seen the divisional, the wild card round. Who do you like as far as advancing this weekend? You know, Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes have played each other six times. It's tied three to three, and they're separated in those six meetings by a grand total of four points. I think home field means nothing in this game. Um, they both have proven they can play when the, the, uh, the place is not ideal and the weather isn't ideal. And I think the way I would look at this game is the team that and I know this is going to sound, you know, really, really like making an excuse or, or, or not necessarily picking a team based on how it's playing. But to me, this is a turnover game. If somebody loses the turnover battle by two or more, that's the team that will lose this game. I think both quarterbacks are capable of playing at the absolute highest level. And now let's see who plays better. Uh, in this game. The one thing I would say, though, Ron, is every game I watch the Buffalo Bills and important players on the Buffalo Bills get carted off. Every game. And how many more injuries can they take? You know, another quarterback goes down last night. He's probably out, uh, Bernard. And I just look at this team and I just wonder how many injuries they can take and they can keep on ticking. And Josh Allen cures a lot of ills, no question about it. But I think that they may have undergone just too much, too many injuries to really be a great factor long-term in these playoffs. Peter, since Baker Mayfield left Cleveland, he has one win and they have none. One playoff win, I should say. And he had a better game last night than Deshaun Watson has had in Cleveland. What is the Browns' immediate future like? great question. I think they will definitely play with Deshaun Watson entering training camp next year. No question about it. But then you ask yourself the question, uh, you know, is he good enough? And especially in a division with two great quarterbacks, can he even be very good? I don't think anybody knows that. I think that is the issue going into this offseason for the Cleveland Browns. And I guess the way I look at it, honestly, is that I have severe, sincere questions about whether Deshaun Watson is going to be the guy. And I thought it was eerie. I I was in Houston on Saturday. And watching Deshaun Watson go up and and hug – C.J. Stroud and wish him well after the game. It was a nice thing for him to do, but you got to wonder. He said, he, he's got to be thinking, man, this was my place, and if I didn't screw it up, mm. I would be the one right now that would be taking advantage of D'Amico Ryans and this really good young defense. So, to me, if I'm Deshaun Watson, i got to have a lot of emotions watching what I've watched, especially down the stretch of this season. Peter, before we let you go, I want to get back to the coaches for one second. Where is Belichick going to end up? I guess he interviewed in Atlanta. And if you're running the Cowboys, do you move on from Mike McCarthy? And if you're running the Eagles, do you move on from Sirianni? If I were Jerry Jones and Jeffrey Lurie, I would want Bill Belichick. And if I were Jeffrey Lurie and I knew I could get Bill Belichick, yes, I would move on from the Syrian. I I really have to know what that locker room truly thinks about Sirianni. And to me, I have to know. It seems like those guys do not have not responded to the fire drill that he has basically put out there in the last three or four weeks. They've been worse. And as crazy as it sounds, I not only think the Eagles were the worst team in the playoffs this year, I, I can't think of a team right now that I would match up Philadelphia against that team. And I can't think of a team that they would beat. 
in the entire league. I, I, you you tell me they lost to Arizona and the Giants down the stretch of this season. They had a no show against the Bucks last night. So if you're the Eagles, I think you look at this and say, as much as it seems idiotic, we got to move on from Sirianni. Peter, I'll leave you with a very quick um, free association here. Quick question, quick answer. I know you're out walking your dog, so you're ready for this. Yep. C.J. Stroud is the best rookie quarterback you've ever seen. True. Wow. Tua will still sign a mega deal in Miami. False. Kansas City has an extremely underrated defense. False. They're rated now. Everybody looks at them. They're they're rated. (laughs) You know, I think they're pretty good. Sorry that that was too long. Jordan Love can absolutely beat the Niners. Absolutely unequivocally, yes. Did you reach a conclusion last week? We we left you left us with a cliffhanger on defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett. Very quickly, why him when he had a really poor stretch run even in the regular season? I think we have gone in the last 10 years from looking at the stats everyone can see, like sacks, like interceptions, things like that. When you look at things like defensive player of the year and you look at a lot of the other numbers. And when I sat down last Tuesday after we spoke, one of the things that really hit me is that in all of the other metrics that are involved in this, which perhaps should not be the decisive metrics, but they mean something to me in terms of pressure on quarterbacks consistently that that both Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett are had a better year than T.J. Watt. And Quite honestly, there's one other guy who should have been in the discussion, uh, and that is Max Crosby. You know, Max Crosby played 10 complete games this year, meaning that he played every snap of 10 games. And there were only four other edge rushers who even had one during the course of the year. And he was the best edge rusher against the run this year. So this was a year of insane competition, and I think any of four guys would be worthy picks. I pick Miles Garrett. Peter, the Bears have the number one overall pick. Do they keep it and draft the quarterback? Do they trade it and go with Justin Fields? I think they'll end up trading it and going with Justin Fields. Um, I think that the Bears look at this pick or will end up looking at this pick. And I think they believe that they don't have the best quarterback in football. But, and this sounds crazy, but we think we have an above-average quarterback that we definitely can win with. And, Ron, you know what I don't like at this time of year? Everybody's saying things like, geez, how could you pass on these quarterbacks coming out in this draft? Oh, my God. Look at this guy from USC. He's the best guy we've seen since whatever. You say that every year. How many of them fail? 40, 50, 60%. So I would rather have the bird in the hand and free first-round draft picks than drafting Caleb Williams. That's just me. Peter, thank you for taking the time. That was great. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Peter. Thanks a lot, fellas. See you later. That was Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice Men Have Skin too. Man, he keeps pounding the Russell Wilson idea yeah, he here. he does. What do you make of that, Ron? Well, I think he'd be an automatic upgrade. Um, I don't know how you work out the contract stuff, and I don't know how good he still can be. But my goodness, I would give him that job in a heartbeat over Pickett or Rudolph. There was a lot there. I'm looking up on the screen at uh, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. Ron is being prominently mentioned even as we speak. We're going to play that for you next. 
And we're going to get into uh, your phone calls next. Just a general reaction to this. Tomlin's walk-off at the podium. Peter King said that just feeds speculation, like it was almost a, a metaphor for I'm out. Do you, do you agree with that, Ron? Uh, yeah, certainly can speculate that. I don't know. I, you know. I know he has no like for the person who asked the question. I mean, maybe that figured into it. Uh, but certainly I could see that. I'm not going to answer that because I don't want to lie to you right now. I know I'm out. That yeah, could be. I, that could be. It could. He, if if the statement is, did that feed speculation that that's the case, then it's an absolute yes. All yeah, that does absolutely. is feed it by, by doing that at the end of a news conference. Your thoughts on that and Tomlin's future. 412-928-9370. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Peter also said Miles Garrett is his defensive player of the year. A lot of interesting talk there with Peter. And we'll follow up on a lot of that throughout the show. But next, Ron with a prominent mention on a national show today. And then Kyle Brandt with a with Tomlin take that, that I almost never hear from the national media. And I applaud it. You'll hear it next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com, snow throughout the day, high of 19 and a low of 7. Ron, the big statement there, now that I think about it, was if the Steelers go to Latrobe with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph as their quarterbacks, it would be a, quote, big mistake. We'll talk about that. They don't have a quarterback on the roster right now. It's Cook and Joe. This is Sean Myers with your fan headlines. The Steelers season came to an end yesterday in Buffalo, courtesy of a 31-17 loss against the Bills in the AFC playoffs. Buffalo jumped out to a 21-0 lead in that one. Mason Rudolph, 22 of 39, passing 229 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a costly interception. Positive news yesterday came on the ice as the Penguins scored a shutout victory, 3-0 at home against the Seattle Kraken. Sidney Crosby scored twice. Tristan Jari picked up the shutout. Fan headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, you can check out 93.7thefan.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.